It's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 78 of season 2 and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. The Bickersons was a comedy radio sketch that first appeared on the old gold show and then the Chase and Sanborn hour and then as a 15-minute sketch on Dreamtime, which was hosted by Don Amici and singer Francis Langford, sponsored by Dream Shampoo. The first half of the show featured musical numbers and comedy skits by the hosts and the guests, and the last 15 minutes were devoted to the Bickersons, announced as The Honeymoon's Over. The sketches always started out with Mrs. Bickerson wide awake at 3 o'clock in the morning, worried about something, and her husband snoring away beside her. She invariably wakes him up to begin arguing with him, always about his job, his wasting of money, his love of bourbon, etc. And the sketch was hugely popular and eventually made its way to television, first as a segment on Star Time from 1950 to 1951, then the self-named Bickerson's TV show that only ran for a few episodes in 1951. It also appeared on the Francis Langford Don Amici show from 1951 to 1952 and spawned a similar sketch series called The Couple Next Door, featuring a very young Jack Lemmon. Sit back and relax for three ten-minute sketches of the Bickersons. Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. The Bickersons have retired. It is close to three o'clock in the morning, and Mrs. Bickerson lies tense and sleepless in the dark. As poor husband John, victim of raucous insomnia or whimper's malady, reaches a climax during an acute attack of his strange ailment. Well, I had ten drinks and got home at once. <laughs> you knew where I was all 
teasing about it. I didn't know where you were. I would have called you. What for? Because the express man came around again with that package. It's from Kentucky, and there's freight charges on it. Well, why didn't you pay him? I've been waiting for that package. What is it? It's my dividend. I belong to the Bottle of the Month Club. <laughs> Maybe time. you'd like me better if I wore a label and put a cork in my mouth. You needn't wear a label, Blanche. <laughs> there you go with your subtle insults again. What am I supposed to talk to you? You rush away in the morning and come home at night when I'm sleeping. Sit up and talk to me, John. I'm dead tired. I don't know what time I came home, but I was in the kitchen for over an hour. I know. I heard you puttering around in there. I wasn't puttering. You asked me to fix the electric toaster and the curling iron, didn't you? Well, I fixed them both. Do they work? They work fine. Except the post popped up with a permanent. It doesn't surprise me. Did you turn off all the lights? Turned off the lights. I suppose you left a mess in the kitchen. No mess. I hope you locked the back door. The cat got out three times last week. Cat won't get out tonight. Where'd you put him? In the birdcage. In the birdcage? Where's the canary? In the cat. Stop knocking yourself out. Nothing happened to the canary and the cat fast asleep in the oven. Like that. Are you sure all the animals are taken care of? I'm sure. How about the fish bowl? Did you heat up the water for the new baby goldfish? I heated his water, gave him his pablum, burped him twice, and changed his diet. Will <laughs> you put out the lights and let me sleep? Why are you so cross and disagreeable all the time, John? Because I'm exhausted. That's not true. You'd rather stay out the whole night carousing with your roughneck friends. Just killed you to spend the night with me. Oh, it doesn't kill me. It's a funny thing, but I don't need anybody else. I'm always satisfied just to be with you. Well, you're in better company than I am. <laughs> Keep it up, John. Keep adding insult to injury. Adding. Never a kind word or a compliment. You'll never just work me to death like a slave. Pick at my meals and complain about my cooking. I never complain about your cooking. Then why didn't you eat that pie I made tonight? I did eat it. I ate every bit of it. You didn't like it. I couldn't chew it. <laughs> It was like cardboard. Undercrust? Yes. That pie didn't have any undercrust. I gave it to you on a paper plate. Well, the plate tasted better than the pie. I don't make pies anymore. I hate pies. I hate all desserts. Especially that orange meringue broccoli dream cake you make. I don't make me any more desserts. I never know what to make for you. You've got the weirdest appetite of any man alive. Yes, sure, weird. two months running, you wouldn't eat anything but pig's knuckles. Pig's knuckles, pig's knuckles. What about it? Just because you wanted pig's knuckles, I had to cook my fingers to the bone. <laughs> Why don't you hire a chef? Ugh. I cook for you, I scrub for you, I sew for you. Do I get any thanks? Thanks. Thanks, that's all the thanks I get. No love, no affection. How I envy Louise Shaw. Her husband treats her more like a friend than a wife. Well, settle down, will you, Blaine? No, I won't. You think Louise ever makes breakfast for Mel? Not that lazy lump. She makes him go to work every day without a morsel of food. Just a kiss for breakfast. Would you be satisfied with that? Sure. Send her over in the morning. <laughs> I mean, would you be satisfied if I gave you a kiss for breakfast? Blanche, I'd be satisfied with anything if you'd just let me get some rest. Answer me. Do you want a kiss for breakfast? Yes. Well, ask for it. Blanche, I want a kiss for breakfast. Don't do me any favors. <laughs> me again as long as you live. Not until you apologize. Apologize for what? What have I done? It's what you haven't done. You haven't told me you love me for years. Why don't you say you're sorry you married me? Because I'm not. Am I the only wife in the world for you? You're the only wife in the world for me. 
You're lying. Swear. I swear I'm lying. <laughs> I mean, I'm not lying. Well, that's no way to swear. Say it nicely. You're the only wife in the world for me. Really, John? Really. I wouldn't have another wife like you for anything. <laughs> I'd known more about you before we were married. Oh, you knew everything. I didn't know about that tattoo you have on your stomach. There's a real indication to a man's character. I wish I'd known. Now, wait a minute. I had that tattoo put on my stomach when I was just a silly kid. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. A hula girl with a big dimple in her chin. That dimple was there before she was. stomach at this time of the night. Well, why don't you have that ugly picture removed? Okay, I'll have it removed in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Have it done now. What? Go on, get up and get rid of that hula girl. Are you out of your mind? It's almost four o'clock in the morning. You'd get rid of her quick enough if you were married to Gloria Gooseby. Ooh, now don't start with Gloria Gooseby. She'd holler plenty if you didn't do what she likes. I always do what she likes and she never hollers. <laughs> I'll take care of it. Lie still and I'll fry you some radishes and hot sauerkraut juice. Radishes and hot sauerkraut juice? The finest cure in the world for indigestion. Lie still. John Dickerson, I don't want any of your insane remedies. You'll treat me for indigestion and I'll probably die of liver trouble. Listen, if I treat you for indigestion, you'll die of indigestion. <laughs> now, do you want me to help you or not? I'll feel a lot better if you just don't scream at me and tell me you love me. Yeah, I knew you weren't sick. Tell me you love me, John. I love you. How much do you love me? How much do you need? Well, Easter Sunday's only two days away, and I haven't got a new hat. What happened to the hat you bought last Easter? It's in a box on the dress, but that hat's worn out. Well, where's the box? I'm squandering my money on Easter hats. Please, John, just this one. I saw a wonderful hat with a reversible brim that can be turned up or down. How much is it? Sixty dollars. Turn it down. <laughs> down because you're always looking for bargains. But when you married me, you didn't get any bargains. How well I know it. Oh, you know what I mean. You only like the kind of woman who would pass up a mink coat to buy a cheap fur. Well, what's wrong with buying a cheap fur? Nothing. Would you like to see the one I bought, dear? What? It's a dyed rabbit choker, and it only costs $94. $94 for a dead rabbit? Don't get me down. How did you squander my money like that? I deny myself everything. Last week, I had all my teeth pulled out so I could save money on eating. I was throwing collars on your old boomers and wearing them for certain. your plaid skirt and went to work dressed as Scotsman. I spent $94 on Easter rabbits. All right, all right, I'll take it back. I never knew you could be so mean. Oh, take it back. I wish my poor granddaddy was still alive. He'd never let you treat me like this. All of a sudden, she's got a granddaddy. I never heard you mention him before. He was the best friend I ever had. I took his advice on everything. Oh, yes, yes. He could have solved a lot of our problems. I'll bet he'd tell you to let me keep that choker. How do you know? Because I know. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him. Suppose he isn't in heaven. Then you can ask him. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now here are Donna Michi and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Dickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. The Dickersons have retired. Poor husband John, a chronic insomniac, and suffering from Grunter's disease, struggles during an acute attack of his ailment. While Blanche Dickerson attempts to describe his symptoms over the phone to Dr. Hersey. Listen. This is worse than ever, Dr. Hersey. Can't you come over? Mrs. Dickerson, it's almost three o'clock. I'm sure his condition isn't critical. I'll come over in the morning. But he might recover by morning. I wouldn't want that to happen. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. I'll carry the phone into the bedroom and you can hear what John's going through. I'd rather lose your mustache than lose my sleep. 
What's the matter with you, Blanche? What's the matter? I just can't stand it anymore, John. Night after night, I walk the floors and get into a state because you snarl and growl and snore and whine like a bulldozer. Uh, <laughs> Is it any wonder I'm so irritable and ill-tempered? Dr. Hershey won't encourage me or try to improve my nature and boy me up. Who will help me? Nature boy. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, you're so funny, John Dickinson. I'm not funny. <laughs> well, what about me? I haven't slept for so long, I'm a nervous wreck. I bury my head under the pillows to shut up your snoring. And when I get up every morning, I have a cramp in my collarbone. Rub it with chicken fat. <laughs> Rub it with chicken fat. You and your stupid remedy. Lot you care what I go through. Blanche, about the life. I will not. How would you like to go through life with a constant pain in the neck? Well, I took you for better or worse. <laughs> yet to come. That's right. Pile it on. Tell people I forced you into this marriage. Did I ever run after you? Blanche, I want to sleep. I did everything I could to discourage you, and you know it. Did I accept you the first time you proposed? No. Why not? Because you weren't there. <laughs> You wouldn't have the nerve to propose to anybody else. You sure took advantage of my innocence and youth. Oh, don't give me that you stuff. You were no chicken. I must have been, or I never would have picked up a worm like you. Why don't you go to sleep? It's a different story now, isn't it? Never a kind word. Never a sign of affection. Never a good night kiss. And to think you used to kiss me every time I turned around. I never kissed you when you turned around. <laughs> I've been a trusting fool all these years. I should have known you don't love me, and you never did. I did, too. I mean, I do, too. <laughs> you don't. You don't. You don't. Oh, Blanche, I love you. You're lying. Swear you love me. I hope I drown in a pool of bourbon if I'm lying. <laughs> There's the answer to all our problems. You think more of a bottle of bourbon than you do of me. Uh, it's true, isn't it, John? What's true? You're in love with a bottle of bourbon. Oh, for heaven's sake. Go on, say it. I can stand the truth. Just give it to me straight. It's better with soda. <laughs> Don't try and twist things around. You know you indulge more than it is absolutely necessary. No other wife would put up with a thing like that. Now, just a minute, Blanche. I resent that. I don't care. You're going to accuse me of being selfish or inconsiderate or anything else. But drinking is not one of my failures. No, it's one of your few successes. That's not true. I don't drink more than any six men you know. Why you trapped me into that? Only reason I use bourbon is because the doctor prescribed it. He said I would stop snoring if I took a jigger of bourbon and two aspirin every night. That's not what you do, though. Yes, it is. It is not. You're six months behind on the aspirin and two years ahead on the bourbon. <laughs> gives me a headache. <laughs> You've got to listen to me, John. We'd get along beautifully if you'd take a meat once in a while. If there's an extra dollar in the house, it goes for your pleasure. Only two weeks ago, you had your life insured for $10,000. What about it? You're always thinking of yourself. <laughs> now, what kind of idiotic talk is that, Blanche? If I die, you get the 10000 You know perfectly well you have no intention of dying. <laughs> your life insured to tantalize me. Drop dead in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Right, what's the matter with you? You realize what they're saying? I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Just calm down. Try to get some sleep. Can't sleep. I'm too upset. You 
can't stand the sight of me, can you, John? I can stand it fine. I'd like to hear you talk that way to Gloria Goose. Gloria Goose. Anybody could look pretty with the money she spends on clothes. Every time her husband wants a kiss, he has to buy her a dress. Believe me, you're lucky you've got a cheap wife like me. If you were married to Gloria Goosey, you'd have to pay her for kisses. I'm not married to her, and I get them for nothing. <laughs> I hate Gloria Goosey, and I'm warning you, Blanche, if I ever hear you mention her name again, I'll... That's I... right, hit me. You've done everything else. Blanche, uh, will you please put out the light? I have to get up so early in the morning. Good night. Angry, John? No, I'm just sick. You hate me? You know I do. What? I don't hate you. Blanche, what's the matter with you tonight? What have you done? I've been so upset I forgot to give you something that came for you yesterday. A letter? Special delivery and register. It was addressed to you and marked strictly personal and private. Oh. What did it say? You needn't be so snide about it, John. I wouldn't have read it, but I accidentally steamed it open while I was pouring myself a cup of tea. Let me see it. You can read it in the morning. Go to sleep. I want to read it right now. Put the lights on and give it to me. Oh, all right. Here it is. Oh, from the government. Good night, John. Mr. John Dickinson, sir, in checking your return for 1946, we find you have overpaid your tax and closed fine check for $76.50 to cut... Well, say, what a break. I find... Blanche. Uh. Where's the check? Uh. Don't act sleepy now. What did you do with my $76? I bought a beautiful Evans handbag. It's shark skin, trimmed with snake skin, and it matches my calf skin shoes. $76 for a shark skin snake? myself of every tiny love tree to try and make both ends meet. It isn't worth it. One fell swoop squanders two years' savings. <laughs> what has a man got to live for? Wish I had the courage to. Maybe I will. Life means nothing anymore. It's one thing to do. understand how two people can dirty so many dishes. Seems like the minute I get through with one stack, there's another. I tell you, John Biggerson, I'm not going to stand for this much longer. Every one of my friends has a made at least one day out of the John. John Biggerson, how can you fall asleep at the breakfast table? It ain't easy with all that talking going on. 
Wake me in five minutes, Blanche. No, you don't. You just get busy and help out. I'm tired, Blanche. That's just an excuse. Did you ever see that sweet young couple next door? Now, there's a husband for you. He waits on her hand and foot. He's an idiot. He never lets her do anything alone. On Monday, he washed the dishes with her. On Tuesday, he cleaned the silver with her. On Wednesday, he ironed the clothes with her. What do you suppose he did on Thursday? He mopped up the floor with her. <laughs> he did not. Well, he should have. Listen, Blanche, I got enough problems of my own, and I'm not interested in that stupid couple next door. Can't even get you to do the simplest show. I do plenty. I beg you to have the electric arm squeezer fixed. Did you take it to the electrician? No. I didn't have to. I fixed it myself. How could you fix it? It needed a new motor. I hooked it up to the vacuum cleaner. Vacuum cleaner? Does it work? It works fine. Except it sucks up the juice and spits the bits in your face. What time? You've got plenty of time. I'll have breakfast ready in a minute. I don't want any more. This oatmeal's plenty. What oatmeal? Where'd you get oatmeal? What kind of talk is that? It was on the top of the stove. I ate the whole pot. That wasn't oatmeal. That was wallpaper paste. <laughs> oh, no. You promised to paper the bathroom this morning. Wallpaper paste. Now, how are you going to put the wallpaper up? I'll lick it in place. <laughs> Which, how can you worry about wallpaper when I'm practically poisoned? Oh, you're not poisoned. It's just flour and water. Go take an antidote, and I'll whip up a nice omelet. I'm not hungry anymore. Don't be like that, John. I've already got the powdered eggs on. Now all I have to do is chop up the turnips and peel the frog legs. I'm not eating any powdered frog's legs. Just taste it. That's all I ask. Not me. First time I ever saw green eggs. That's from the skunk cabbage. I got the recipe from my mother. It looks like your mother. What did you say? <laughs> Look, Blanche, I'm just getting tired of these outlandish dishes you keep making. Like what? Like that rhubarb pie you made yesterday. What's the matter with it? Matter with it? Who ever heard of a pie two feet long? <laughs> well, I couldn't get any shorter rhubarb. <laughs> Let's have an understanding now, Blanche. I hate rhubarb and stop making these seven-layer broccoli cakes and sheep soup. I never made sheep soup in my life. It's good, healthy possum broth. Possum broth. Yes, possum broth. Just because I have a little imagination in cooking is no reason you should pick on me. I'm not picking, Blanche. Why don't you come out and say it? You hate my cooking. I don't hate it. I just don't understand it. You hate it. I tell you, I don't hate it. You do, you do, you do. Don't I eat everything you make? Then why do you always get homemade poisoning? <laughs> Blanche, do you mind if I get dressed and go to work? I don't care what you do. Get dressed. I will as soon as you finish wiping the dishes with my shirt. Well, you shouldn't have hung it in the towel rack. Where else could I hang it? You made me sleep in the kitchen, didn't you? I didn't know my sister Clara was coming to spend the night, and I can't help it if you only have one bedroom. Hold up your cot. I place to sleep on a cot in the kitchen. Now, what's wrong with it? There isn't enough room in here to swing a cat. You leave the cat alone. I never touch the cat. There's plenty of room in here. There is not. There is, too. If you'd put the breakfast table on top of the refrigerator and the canary cage in the washing machine, then you could jump the stove in the doorway and you'd have plenty of room for the cot between the sink and the cat's sandbox. I tried that. The cot's too short. 
My head lopped over into the sink of that leaky faucet gave me an all-night chance. Well, you should have worn a shower cap. Anyway, Clara's gone now, and you won't have to sleep in the kitchen tonight. Fine. I felt terrible about her leaving before having any breakfast. She didn't need any breakfast. She was in here 14 times last night for a snack. What of it? Nothing disturbed you when you were sleeping. Well, she did. She had the refrigerator open so much, I woke up with frostbitten feet. <laughs> Woman eats like a boa constrictor. Clara doesn't eat because she wants to. Just because she's trying to get rid of her heartburn. Oh, sure. Where are my shoes? You're wearing them. You're a fine one to talk about other people stuffing themselves. A man who can't even see his own shoes anymore. Do you want this frog omelet or not? No. Stop using my pants for a potholder. Well, that's what you use them for. <laughs> Just leave my pot out of this. I may have a little flap around my waistline, but I don't eat one-tenth as much as your fat sister. You stop calling her fat. Clara is a glander in the case. The doctor says she's an eptomorph with an overactive thyroid. I don't care. She's a convertible with a hydromatic drive. She eats like she was condemned. You say one more word against my sister, I'll never talk to you again. I wish you wouldn't tempt me that way. <laughs> you pay for that, John Pickapoo. I know it. You've been tearing down my family since the first day we were married. Never a fine word about any of them. That's not true. Don't I inquire about the state of your rich uncle's health every day in the week? You sure do. Every day, you say, is the old goat dead yet? Well, is he? No. And when he does pass on, you can be sure he won't leave you a penny. I wouldn't touch it if he did. I may be broke, but I don't want his crooked money. I always wondered how he could travel around Europe on a bank janitor's salary. He isn't a bank janitor at all. He's one of the shrewdest manipulators in Canada. How do you think he got his title? What title? You know as well as I do, my uncle was knighted for his operations in the stock market. It was the black market. <laughs> and he wasn't knighted, he was indicted. <laughs> knighted. Well, whatever it was. He's got money and that's all that counts. And that reminds me, I need some money for a new dress. I can't give you any money this week. That's what you said last week. Well, I kept my word, didn't I? <laughs> anyway, you don't need a new dress. Yes, I do. I've been wearing this old rag for two years, and I'm ashamed to go out on the street. Stay home. Wherever I go, the women whisper behind my back. There goes Dickerson's wife. Look how she's dressed. For heaven's sake, look how I'm dressed, and I'm Dickerson. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? It means I'm barely making enough to keep body and soul together. We don't have any extra money for fancy clothes. No, but there's always plenty for your precious bourbon. Oh, now, don't start that again. I never spend a penny on the stuff. Not much. The whole house is full of empty bottles. Where'd they come from if you didn't buy them? I never bought an empty bottle in my life. <laughs> well, why don't you get rid of them? Uh, i got to get out of here, Blanche. It's getting late. Anthony, John, why are you so attached to a lot of dead bourbon bottles? I was with them when they passed away. <laughs> Goodbye, Blanche. Wait a minute. How can you go off to work every morning of your life? Goodbye, Blanche. Now what? Is that the way a married man acts? Blanche, I'm not acting. I'll say you're not. There isn't another man in the world as thoughtless as you. Oh. Take a lesson from your friend Mel Shaw. No single morning goes by that he doesn't shower Louise with affection. He wouldn't dream of leaving the house without kissing Louise goodbye. Why don't you do that? Okay, call her up and tell her I'll be right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I hope you enjoyed those three sketches from the Bickersons. Be sure to tune in on Wednesday when we'll be bringing you a special Hump Day Happy Hour edition of the podcast, featuring two back-to-back episodes of a classic comedy radio show. We'll see you then. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Only two weeks ago, you had your life insured for $10,000. What about it? You're always thinking of yourself.